Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best, to truly live transformed from the inside out, and to become more and more like Jesus? I'm Lisa Pulliam. I'm founder of More To Be and host of this podcast and your coach. And I believe that the more we seek God and study his word, the more he will transform us to become like Jesus. That's what a life aligned with his best looks like. And that's our mission at More To Be. I'm looking forward to encouraging you on today's episode of this podcast, which is brought to you by the More To Be Sisterhood. The Sisterhood is a library of Bible study content and biblically-based coaching resources that will help you align your life with his best. And you can get access to that library at moretobe.com slash podcast. I am so excited to be kicking off a brand new season on the More To Be podcast. This is season seven, and I have returning to the podcast with me a regular co-host and a dear friend, Kaylee Kelch, as we begin to unpack what this year of Bible study on the More To Be podcast will look like. In case you haven't figured this out, it's something that we do regularly. We study scripture, and we look at ways that God's word can help us think differently so that we think biblically and live transformed. And in this particular season, we're taking a little bit of a different approach with it that Kaylee and I are going to unpack. So Kaylee, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you back with us. It is so good to be back. Um, Man, it feels like it's been a while since we've been able to record a podcast together. So it's crazy to think that we're kicking off another season. Right. Um, So excited to like dive into kind of this new topic and um it's near and dear to my heart of this idea of like living to the fullest as God's daughters. So I'm excited that we can study together. Yeah, I am too. For those of you who've listened to the equipped episode, which came out in October, November, 2020, um, I spend time during this time every year, really trying to think ahead about what does God want for me personally? Where does he want mm-hmm. me to grow? And at the same time, I end up doing it for more to be. What What is the topic that we're supposed to focus on? What are we supposed to study? And this particular one, Let Go and Live, has come out of my personal journey in the last couple of months. Um, and so I really just want to kind of set it up and explain yeah what this means, mm-hmm. uh, which feels really raw still at the moment, but um, how it's going to influence our year together. So so I, um, for many of you, you know this, I started graduate school in late August of uh, 2020, and I entered into a graduate program um, for becoming a counselor. And it was an insane time to choose to do this. <laughs> um, and it's interesting. One of the reasons why I, I was motivated in that direction was actually the passing of my father-in-law the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and today, as we record, this is actually the one year anniversary of his death. Which oh my. Is really interesting. Yeah. I've been, I've been yeah. pretty emotional today about it. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to think it's been a year already. It's been a year. Mm. It's been a year. And so around the time that everybody was getting ready to say that 2020 was going to be the best year yet. I was right. like, yeah, whatever. I mean, my father-in-law died late November and then we um, had his memorial service mid December. Christmas didn't feel normal. And mm-hmm. all I thought was, I just hope 2020 is a little bit better than the fall of 2019 for us <laughs> because it was really, really rough. Right. How little did you know? How little did I know <laughs> um, how hard 2020 was going to be for so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, some of the hard was things I brought on myself. 
like choosing to go to graduate school while working full time and also <laughs> having committed to a home renovation with all of that to say is those things happened as a byproduct of, of my father-in-law's passing and some mm -hmm. of the things that he wanted for us uh, and some of the things that he left to us that enabled that decision to go forward. Right. So at the same time, I was really going through a personal journey of pounding hard after God to do some healing work in me. Uh, and, you know, there's this thing about getting older. You feel like, how many more times are we going to go around this mountain? Mm. And being in graduate school and studying um, psychological theories, mm -hmm. every week in my introduction to psychology and practice class, I'd learn a new th theory. Mm -hmm. And I would see it through the lens of scripture. Like mm. these, these people just thought they came up with this. And I was like, yeah, but God, <laughs> but God has already said that we're just not living out right. what he has told us to live out. Therefore we're ending up in these situations. And some of the weeks were really hard to do because it unearthed my own stuff. So like mm -hmm. we studied um, rational, emotional behavior therapy, which is taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ mm -hmm. and being transformed by the renewing of your mind, followed by cognitive behavior therapy, mm -hmm. which is what are your thought, what's your thought life and what's your beliefs and how is that influencing your actions? Right. And um, during that time, I was going through some real personal conflict in my life and ended up heeding the advice of the therapeutic program that my the counseling program I'm in, which is that all counselors should be in therapy. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, there's this thing called transference. And when you're working with a client uh, group or individually, there, there's always going to be a back and forth that they're going to project onto you their stuff and you don't want to project onto them your stuff. Right. So I, I got myself into counseling and began to unpack some of the going around the mountain the same time with things. Okay. And for me, it's been a relationship dysfunction in a select few friendships. And I don't want to go into too much detail about it because there's, there's people involved. But what I discovered out of that was that I, my issues uh, rest in what you might call an attachment disorder mm -hmm. and attachment theory in big high level view is this. Mm -hmm. uh, we can have secure attachments and a secure attachment style, which is what happens when as a child, uh, our needs are met by our primary caregivers, typically our mom and our dad, uh, and that those needs are when we're afraid, when we're sad, when we're hungry, when we're tired, mom and dad are there and they're meeting a need in a healthy way. Right. But as you and I know, most of us, including myself, pointing the finger right at me during those critical years, uh, we're not fully present, right, right? With our kids, we're not fully capable to do what our children need. Uh, and often it's a combination of hurts and circumstances. Right? Sure. So this isn't meant to place blame on my parents at all, um, but it is meant to say, this is where I see a pattern mm -hmm. that has been passed down for generations in my family. Um, and I see how that pattern also manifested in me when I was a young mom, mm -hmm. where I might have physically met a need, but emotionally I wasn't there. And so you could end up with these insecure attachments in the category of anxious avoidant and neglectful and abusive. And there's, you know, different, different theorists have different ways of explaining these attachments. Right. 
long story short is that these attachments manifest in us in our adult life. And the one thing that came to like a very obvious place for me was that I perform for security. Mm-hmm. I I know you're shaking your head there. Because <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, and I don't perform in the sense of put me on stage and right. give me applause. I feel like I must deliver something to keep you attached to me. Yes. I must accomplish something for you to make me feel secure and valid. And that need to try to create security in my relationships um, can put me in situations where I stay in unhealthy situations, doing more than I should, compromising my voice, compromising my values, compromising um, my sense of worth to try to find security in the relationship when I shouldn't find security in that relationship. Right. Right. So over a course of about three weeks of meeting with this counselor and trying to unpack and look at some of the patterns and, and look at it from the perspective of I, there's a, there's a codependency nature that appears in, in certain relationships, not all of them. Right. I don't have this in my relationship with you. Right. But in other relationships, this shows up and really saying, God, I need to figure out how to not live this way anymore. Because I believe your word, I believe your promises, but somehow there's this insane disconnect. And I know from the women that are listening that have written to me, who completed the survey that we put out, who are my clients, like this is a common thing, Mm -hmm. disconnect between quiet time in the morning and the rest of the 20 hours of the day that we are living (laughs) and and, and what, what gives. And so only as the Lord would have it, Um, my back went out for the first time in years and I was, uh, basically relegated to a chair in a tearful position for days. I mean, we thought we had to go for a CAT scan. I thought it was appendicitis. You walk through this with me, like, um, x-rays, yada, 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 um, put me on medication. I mean, it was just, it was a 10 day. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible crying. My husband had to pick me up out of the chair, you know, after teaching a class sort of misery. But what happened was I had to clear my calendar Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of time with him and the counseling appointments lined up at the beginning and the end of this 10 day Mm -hmm. period, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. So I was sat there one morning and I still was, you know, coming out of the pain. I'm like, Lord, help me break this habit that I have and align with your word. How do I know what's true, but I'm not living it. Right. And my friend Andrea said she envisioned me during that week of that God was aligning my back from like the bottom of my, you know, back all the way up to my head. And I seriously, like he did, he aligned my body through my heart into my head. Hmm. And in this one morning with him, uh, ended up just journaling. And I I just said, Lord, speak to me. And in pages of my journals, he poured out these statements and I I have some of them here. I mean, I have all of them here in front of me, but you know, here's, here's what he said to me. I am your security and everything from, I am your security had to flow out of that. Mm -hmm. I see you clearly. I adore you. I delight in you. I made you my masterpiece. 
I find you remarkable and resilient. Mm-hmm. And these are things that like the Lord has been trying to teach me for years, but like it's different hearing it and it's different kind of soaking in it right? and not allowing the voices to drown it out. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will not abandon you. I will not reject you. I will not judge you when you fail. I will not punish you, but I will discipline you in love as your father. I will cover you under the shelter of my wings. I will feed you. I will nourish you. I will clothe you in royal robes as my treasured possession. I will sustain you. I will pour out my grace upon you. I will wash you clean. I will be merciful toward you. I will give you the fullness of my attention. I will be faithful to you. I will love you with an everlasting love. I will give you my full attention. I will abide in you. I will fill you with my spirit. I will shine in you. I will forgive you again and again. I will rescue and restore, renew and redeem you. I will lead you and guide you. I will order your steps. I will anoint you and appoint you. Hmm. I will protect you and defend you. I will accomplish my purposes in you. I will equip you for the work I've called you to do in my name. I will do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask or imagine. I will give you good, good gifts. You are my chosen, holy and beloved daughter. Turn to me, find your rest in me, allow my love to flow freely in you. Allow my peace to be fully present in your body, mind, heart, and soul. Let me take up full residence in every part of your life. I'm all yours, always and forever. Delight in me. Let go and live, my darling. I love that. I love it too. And every time I read it, I feel this peace. Mm-hmm. Um, if these were the, the words of God. And his they are the words of me, God. Like everything you said was just like right out of scripture. Right. Right. I know. I know. And yet the enemy likes to tell me, nope, it was just I know. you. I know. Right? And so this idea of let go and live is, is really, I was sharing this with a friend and she was like, it's interesting how let go can have different meanings, right? Mm-hmm. Let go can be set free. Let go can be um, just un, un, pry open your hands. Right. Right. And so I really wanted to be what it means for each of us in light of what God is, is saying, you know, for me, it's a combination of let go of, and let your hands open up to the things that you have been seeking for your security. Right. And let go, like, you know, frozen, let go, (laughs) let it go, (laughs) Um, let go of the ways that I ruminate over the hurts and the pains and the mistakes Mm. and the shame and the incidences from the past, because what I end up doing is I replay things over and over again. And I think I I move into the shame language of could have, would have, and, and I don't, I'm not fully present because I'm living in the, in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this idea of being intentional to let go uh, and live in the present, um, and let go and live in God's promises mm-hmm. instead of in our feelings, really. Right. Even right, though feelings are not the master over us. And yet like we let them come in and when it doesn't feel right, or we're feeling this way or that way, it's like, well, this is reality. Yeah. And, and we have to somehow come back to 
a logical, more of our brain, you know, because feelings are not our master. They're not right. what's in control. Right. Right. And it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's so just, hard. It's a really hard, it's a really hard way to live, but that's what I want us to do this year. So right. the, the intention is this, that, you know, once a month we will have a theme that will air on the podcast as mm-hmm. soon as the month starts, you know, first Monday of the month. Um, and that theme, what I want us to do is look at that theme, that focus through the biblical lens. So, you know, I've picked a key chapter of scripture mm-hmm. that embodies a, a verse or two, at least of that principle, but is an important enough chapter of scripture that it would behoove us to study the whole thing. Right. And, and, you know, I hate doing these like one-off verses. Yes. Um, so, and I've tried to do that with this, you know, let go and live. Um, because I'm going to make this available as a download and it's hard. It's hard because, you know, well, well, that translation uses this word versus this translation right. uses that word, but where's the principle and the principle sometimes is sown throughout the scriptures as opposed to camping out in one particular scripture. Right. Um, so what I am envisioning and what I want for us as a community is to be able to say, take this passage that we're going to look at today, Isaiah 61, and read it again and again, the whole month, mm-hmm. personally, and then pick some of the key verses that personally speak out and memorize those verses. So four weeks in a month, maybe four verses is what you choose. Maybe, maybe that's too much and you can only memorize four, ver- four words at a time. So you're going right. to memorize one verse for the whole month, whatever is right in your life for where you're at mm-hmm. emotionally and spiritually and capacity wise. Um, and then do some scripture writing. I think uh, the online world is really dangerous that we do everything digitally and we're missing the, the power of the hand moving mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. And so the, it will be a downloadable that you can get access to through the sisterhood uh, and be able to do a scripture writing uh, throughout the whole month. And just until this particular chapter with this particular principle becomes your go-to thought pattern right. and response, and then can become a breath prayer where mm-hmm. you know, you're feeling a moment of anxiety. And, and instead of you know, living out that anxiety, you, you take a moment to do the things that I'm going to teach you guys this year in terms of managing anxiety and managing depression and managing um, that sense of insecurity and, mm-hmm. and, and stop and say, okay, Lord, I am I am claiming this right now before you that you promise you will rebuild the ancient ruins, that you will restore the former devastations, that you will renew the ruins today, right. Lord. I bring this to you. Do your rebuilding, your restoring, your renewing now, Lord, while I sit before you. Right. That isn't going to come to our mind in the middle of mm-hmm. you know a moment three days from now, but it will if we just wrote out that passage again that morning for the 20th time. Right. I think there's sometimes like we, we look at repetition and it's like, why would I do that again? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and am I just, I don't know, is it a cop out that I'm looking at the same thing and reading the same thing over and over and what's the benefit of that? Mm -hmm. And yet like, that's exactly what, you know, any principle for advertising and marketing it's repetition. Yes. Why do they use the same slogan over and over? Why do they use the same jingle at the beginning and end of their ads? Well, it's because we hear it so much that all of a sudden when we hear that slogan, we know what, 
brand it's attached to, or we hear mm-hmm. that jingle and it's like, oh, of course that's State Farm. Um, right. And it's because we've heard it, I mean, thousands of times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why, do, I think, again, why do we not do the same thing with scripture um, that we hear the same thing thousands of times? Because then that's going to be our go-to response. Yeah. Um, and we'll be able to, you know, pull on those resources because they'll be ingrained into our brain. Um, yeah. But somehow we we either pull away from it or we think it's not going to work or it just seems like that'd be too easy of a fix to get over all of our you know, issues in life. Yeah. And yet, I mean, I think there's so much validity in that simplicity of reading something and just over and over and having that infused into Mm -hmm. who we are. Yeah, I do think it is. And I, you know, I'm even picturing this, say for like the, the busy mom or, you know, mm-hmm. at this point, the busy grandma who's taking yeah, care of the grandkids, right? I mean, half of our community is grandmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the misnomer is that they have more time, but in today's world, they don't necessarily, no. they may still be working. They're now caring for their grandchildren who they don't have like full authority over. And right. so there's tensions there. They're still caring heart-wise for their own children. Uh, we, we serve a lot of women who are single, who are managing their own household of whatever that may look like without any support. And so when I was putting this together, I was really thinking, how is this doable? So, so another way, if this is not a a option for daily study, Mm -hmm. this is an opportunity for a three hour study on a Saturday morning, once a month. Right. Right. And that you kind of customize, okay, what am I going to do with this for the rest of the month? Is this going to be my Saturday morning check-in? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back on Saturday morning. I'm going to rewrite those scriptures rather mm-hmm. than something that's daily. And we do have women that are working five days a week and can't mm-hmm. sit down. We have women who are already doing a Bible study and leading a group with their church, which they right. should do. Um, however that looks in this day and age. And so it's, it's a, um, make this work for you mm-hmm. with the end, with the end goal. Here's the end goal. I want us to be at the end of 2021 women who find their confidence, their security and their purpose in the God alone, not roles, not relationships um, that there is this, like, I just have this vision in my brain of being these women who are just completely filled to overflowing with Jesus, that, that the bubbling over touches upon every life and every relationship. Mm -hmm. And that this is the year that, that God can do this rebuilding, restoring, renewing, but for that to happen all year long, we need to get like microscopic about the things that hold us and hang us Mm up. I think that's so good. And so valuable for what I, I keep hearing too, um, because they go hand in hand. And like you said, you know, as you're going through your psychology class, it's, it's, those are biblical principles. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and it's, it's nothing new under the sun and people are prescribing it to science and whatever, but mm-hmm. it's, it's godly principles. And yeah. so when we approach it in that direction, like there's so much wealth that we can learn and, and continue to grow just so that we can become, um, more fully who he wants us to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty remarkable. I, for me, there's much hope 
-hmm. There's hope for transformation. There's hope for um, connection that that many of us have never experienced before. And and so I want to look at I, I picked Isaiah 61 for our kickoff study. And there are aspects to this verse, this chapter that are so familiar to people that you, if you go into Amazon and look up some of these key verses, you're going to actually find like items that you can buy, that, like <laughs> rep it, you know, but this is more than just like, we are not just picking feel good verses. I want to no. look at what Isaiah has prophesied and, and what does it mean for us? So if you've never read the whole book of Isaiah, I challenge you to do it. I'm in the middle of it, actually. I've Are been, you really? Yeah. Um, so I'm not as far as 61, but I am I am deep into Isaiah and it's so good. And yet, I mean, like there's so much anguish because uh-huh. he's like presenting all of these these judgments that God is telling him to share with yeah. the nations and with his own nation um, of Israel you know, there's so much sorrow surrounding it of like the missteps and the fact that because they haven't committed themselves to God and because they keep falling away, then the natural consequences of sin take over and, and there's heartache and there's hardship. And, um, so yeah, there's just so much in it. And then coming to 61 and this good news for the oppressed, um, we're all, I mean, you can look at that word oppressed and obviously in the context of the Israelites and being captive, um, you know, there was a different type of oppression yeah, that was coming and, and they had experienced oppression, right. in their history with being slaves in Egypt. And yet there's so much oppression that all of us face, mm-hmm. whether it is mental oppression or, or relationships and that are not in a healthy place. Yeah. And so I think we can all gravitate towards that there's something in our life that usually when you look at the word oppressed that pulls us down that Mm -hmm. holds us back that enslaves us and what is God's promise for each of us who are are held back Mm -hmm. that he's wanting to release and to free and to to give something better yeah yeah oh what a great setup I mean, there's, there's so much, I I think the questions right there to even ask uh, yourself is what, before we even look at the Mm. passage, what am I oppressed by? Mm -hmm. What am I enslaved to? Where am I held captive? And, and is that self-inflicted? Right. Right. Is this something that I've, I've self-selected? Is this something that I feel like I don't have a choice to get out of or that I'm too afraid to make the choice to get out of? Um, you know, it's interesting. My, my backstory with Isaiah is this right after becoming a believer and joined a church, Stephen and I were dating, we got married and we joined a small group and we were a bunch of 20 somethings and somebody decided we were going to study the book of Isaiah. <laughs> uh, the only time I opened up my Bible was at that Bible study, that small group. I had no idea what this book was about, no context for it. So you did such <laughs> a great job setting that up. But I, I remember one thing from that study, the, again and again, I say, Isaiah saying, I will defend the cause of the fatherless. I would plead the case of, of the um, widow and I will care for the orphan. Like that Justin. call over and over and over again. And so, you know, I don't even know if I just quoted it right, but in my brain, Isaiah equals, you know, defend fatherless, care for mm-hmm. orphans, care for widows. And oh, shoot, I'm not measuring up. 
Mm. That, that's how I, that's how it was my takeaway for you. <laughs> Social justice and I'm falling short. Uh-huh, right. Um, but then it was about maybe 10 years later was when I, I was in counseling for the healing of the abuse um, from my childhood, dealing with my anger. Uh, and I had decided to take a weekend um, away, just actually 24 hours away to just reconcile life with God. Like it was reckoning day really okay. for me. Um, and I realized I needed to forgive my parents and I was having a hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I went and stayed at my mother-in-law's house and she came and stayed with uh, the kids and Steven. And I, I, I brought art supplies, which was like not atypical for me, but not typical, right? Um, and I brought my Bible and I sat down with the Lord and he said, read the book of Isaiah. And I was uh. like, oh, anything but Isaiah, Lord. So that whole weekend, sort of 24 hours, I read through the whole book of Isaiah hmm. and defend the cause of the fatherless was his message to me. Like I was very much hmm. fatherless at that time in my life. And, um, he was my father and I read it as the child that Mm. needed to be cared for rather than the adult who wasn't measuring up. Takes on a whole different context. Totally different context that, that the um, crusading heart of God Mm. for his, his daughters. Right. And it, it transformed me that weekend of seeing God through a new light Mm-hmm. And it was because of seeing God that way that I was able to completely forgive my parents. And I realized if, if God had due vengeance on my parents, um, that was far greater wrath than I ever wished upon them. Right. And was able to ask for God to have mercy on them and forgive my parents and realize that God was a just God who would do what he needed to do. And I didn't want to tell him what to do. Um, so it's interesting that this is a passage that the Lord has brought to me um, again and again this year. I actually read this. I put a date on it. Um, the second time through it this year, 2020 20 was in August, right before I started graduate school. And it has carried me this semester of why am I doing this and why am I leading more to be and what is the focus? And, and so I just want to read this and kind of unpack the, yeah. the portions of it. The spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And I'm reading from the CSB translation. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor on the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning and splendid clothes instead of despair. They will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify him. That's up to verse three. Is there anything that you want to share from just those three verses? Well, I mean, so much of this echoes the, the sermon on the Mount of just that there's blessing for those who mourn and for the poor in spirit. And it's just reiterating the heart of God that he wants to take care of us in, in all of our, I mean, basically all of our emotions, right? I mean, he understands that we are going to feel broken and despair and that, um, 
we're going to be poor in nature. You know, we're, we're not going to feel like we have it together. And he wants to meet us there and he wants to heal us and comfort us. You know, I love the, the words of your translation said, heal mine said comfort. Mm. Um, that's, he's come to anoint us. Like all of those verbs are him taking care of us. Yeah. It's yeah. a very intimate, I'm, I'm here and I'm not leaving you by yourself. And so there's so much, I'm, I'm going to use the word comfort. You know, there's so much mm-hmm. comfort in that of knowing that he is there in the midst yeah. of, of our anguish. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that is one takeaway. The way I've read it for years is that God would do this for me, but in this season, I also see it as what God wants to do through me. Mm. And I think that is, um, I really do think that reflects our community at more to be that there are those in our community that still need the ministering too. Right. And there are those in the, in our community that have received this anointed gift and are ready to say, Mm -hmm. okay, God use me now. Right. Use me to be the one who brings that good news and who are the poor that you have placed Mm -hmm. in my life and, and to proclaim liberty, freedom, I mean, I love that, you know, this idea of of freedom to the captives and freedom to the prisoners and to proclaim the Lord's favor. Uh, So I, I just love that God has us in process. Mm -hmm. Healing has to precede the, the, the calling, right? Right. And so oftentimes I will see women who come through coach training and they're like, that's the reason that they're in coach training is that they are ready to give back because of what they have received. But it's interesting how many women will show up and realize, oh, dang. (laughs) I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) (laughs) I need to deal with this before I I go any further. And some of them will pull out and go put themselves in counseling. Some will do Mm -hmm. it simultaneously. And, you know, I'm still actively coaching while I have been in therapy because there is a stewardship responsibility. Like I've got to deal with this because this affects my personal life and my professional life. And so I love that God can work in us at the same time he's working through us. Yes. Well, and I don't think the end ever stops. Right. I mean, there's been times that I want to reach like this end goal of like, okay, I've made it and now I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I think there's always a level of something that, that, you know, as we encounter a new situation or a different mm-hmm. relationship and then and we're in a level of mentoring or just working with another person, it brings yeah. up something different that we hadn't even thought of um, or that wasn't an issue beforehand, but is still a part. And it's it's all woven together of what makes us us. Yeah. And so then it's like, oh, okay, well, I need to work on that now. And right. so I think there's always a level of us becoming and I don't think there should be shame around that. I think that mm-hmm. sometimes I know I have felt personally that at times it's like, why is this an issue? And I don't want it to be an issue. Yeah. And, and so I think that's where the shame comes in of, I should have dealt with this. I, I should be over this now, all those yeah. shoulds. And yet, yeah. instead of doing that, what about just, well, this is where I'm at right now. And so this is my next step to work through. And then once I get past that, you know, might be smooth sailing for a, w- a little while. And then I have yeah. something else that comes up, but like, there shouldn't be a level of like, oh man, why is this here? Yeah. 
I had, I often would describe that process as like this onion and the layers get mm. peeled back. Right. And each layer reveals another um, right. aspect that needs growth. But somebody said to me that they prefer a lotus because <laughs> a lotus, when it opens up, becomes more beautiful. And I was like, oh yes, but it smells better. <laughs> it does smell better, but there is something about that process that initially is very onion-like. I mean, it is, it makes yeah. you cry. Like it right. just, it's just not a fun experience, no. but on the other side of that, you emerge more beautiful mm -hmm. and you, the, the theme passage that um, inspired more to be was from second Corinthians and that we become more bright, more beautiful, more like Jesus through an encounter with God. Right. And so those difficult times are encounters with God that bring about the beauty where he makes us more like him. Well, that's the beauty out of ashes, which, right. you know, that he would right. give us a crown of beauty for ashes right. because we're going to encounter those moments where we have the, you know, we're weeping and wailing and there's yeah. ashes. Cause it, and I think in this context, maybe some people don't understand yeah. that when there would be something that was so significant to mourn over, they would actually put on burlap, like uncomfortable mm -hmm. clothing, mm -hmm. and they would put ashes on their head as a symbol of I am in mourning, something terrible has happened. And so I'm going to, in a sense, sit in the pity of everything that's sad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they would, you know, and God's like, but I'm going to bring you out of that. You don't have to sit in that sadness forever. You don't have to stay in that moment of uncomfortableness um, for, you know, eternity now. Like yeah, yeah. that is a moment in time that it, there is something that's significant right now to be sorrowful for. And yet I'm going to take you out of that sorrow and create something beautiful out of that moment because we are going to experience pain in this world. We know that. And yet I want to keep bringing you to the next level of glory out of whatever anguish that you've been in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you explained the context of that. I think it's really important. What I was thinking, I was at this antique place with my daughter over the weekend and she there was a, a beautiful crown and oh. I, I put it on my head and she goes, are you gonna be one of those moms that wears a, a crown like that to my wedding? I was like, <laughs> no, it's like your day. Like, what are you talking about? But there is an uncomfortableness that we have with the idea of beauty and a crown mm -hmm. that we as godly Christian women should not expect that we are royalty and that we have this, this privilege to, I mean, imagine if we just started walking around with crowns on our head. I mean, people would be like, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, if Jesus is our Lord and savior, why are we living in mourning? Right. But I think we're afraid of putting on like, or it's, it's like, well, I, I must be more humble and I, mm. I don't want to bring attention to myself. And there's truth to that. I'm not, yeah. you know, downplaying the need for humility and, right. and not seeking attention. And yet I think then we shy completely opposites from like standing in a place of knowing who we are and our belonging and like reveling in the fact that we are loved so much yeah. that he does want to give us a crown, which is a signifying royalty and beauty and, mm. and, and specialness, uniqueness. Um, yeah. And, and somehow we kind of pull back from that out of fear of that. We're going to be too much. Yep. Yep. I know I, I was at a conference I was speaking at and I asked for the women to do a show of hands, how many of them felt like 
um, never enough and always too much. And, <laughs> and more than 50% of the women raised their hands. And I was like, now think about that for a second. You know, how could both of those things exist at the same time? Like you cannot literally be not enough and too much. Like that does not work. That means that you're actually perfectly balanced in the middle. Right. <laughs> so, and True. yet there, and that goes back to, I mean, just girlfriend, that is an identity crisis right there. Yeah. That is, is a, a lack of secure attachment uh, to your Lord and Savior, uh, where you are looking to this person to tell you you're enough, and you're looking to this person who you're trying to prove that you're not too much, yep. and you're you're busy spinning your wheels trying to to do this when the Lord's like, it's not about whether you're enough or too much. Right. I am your everything. Why are you trying to be anything? <laughs> you know. Just be. Just be. Right. Just be, which this coffee cup on my desk right now, just be right. That's Mm. been part of what the Lord has been um, speaking to me for years. And so part of it is looking at this next verse, verse four, they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the former devastations. They will renew the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. And I, every time I look, rebuild, restore, renew. And and that is who God is. That is what he will do. Well, and this was such a promise to the Israelite nation of that. It looked like there was no hope, right? I mean, they were a mess. People were following other, I I mean, other gods and idolatry was running rampant. Um, There was issues with the nation. Then, you know, the captivity was coming in. Um, So, all these problems and to look in the fact of that God was still going to take all of that mess and he was going to rebuild and repair and well, Oh, sorry. Your translation was what rebuild, rebuild, restore, renew. What's yours? Restore, renew. Mine is rebuild, repair and revive. Oh, they're still great words. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, but that context then again of like, that's a context of growth. Yeah. 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 And, and not of being stagnant or, and, and it's not a um, context of shame either. Cause how many mm-hmm. times do we look at the, where we are or where we've been? And mm-hmm. so we feel so off base and it's mm-hmm. like, how could we possibly move forward to the level that God wants us to, or what mm-hmm. does it look like? Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's no condemnation. There's no mm-hmm. like, now, trust me, Isaiah has gone through plenty of like, yeah, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah. What but, is your problem? Right. But, and I think there's a level of like, come out of this or that, you know, leave Babylon in a sense. Mm-hmm. And yet there's, it's not a constant beating over the head. He's like, I'm going to mm-hmm. rebuild. I'm going, and it's this promise of I'm going to do this, right? Yeah. I'm going to rebuild. I'm going to repair. I'm going to revive. I'm going mm-hmm. to bring life back into what feels like it was dead. Yeah. Yeah. And there's where he goes. So, um, you know, devastations of many generations, strangers Mm -hmm. will stand and feed your flocks and foreigners will be your plowmen and vine dressers, but you will be called the Lord's priest. They will speak of you as ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of the nations and you will boast in the riches in the place of your shame. You will have a double portion Mm -hmm. in a place of disgrace. They will rejoice over their share. 
So they, they will possess double in their land and eternal joy will be theirs. I mean, can we live this? Can we live it out? Right? Like, can we move out of our places of shame and experience God's double portion out of our places of disgrace and rejoice over what God has given us? I, I, I think that if we could be that in a year's time, right. I think that's something else. Well, and I think, I think sometimes I don't know about you and, and I, just reading over this again, it's like, uh, I think sometimes we worry about like falling into the prosperity gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet there are blessings and riches that come from following God. And there's in a sense, good consequences that come from following his word and yes. being aligned with his truth. Yes. Yes. And there's going to be hard days. There's yeah. going to be disasters and crisis that still happens in this next year. Yep. And yet there God's promises is that there is, there's so much blessings and there's double portions of those yes. blessings Yes. Um, in the midst of the hardship. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I think it, it's that both and, and we can live with that. And, and we don't have to be like, oh, well, God's not real or he's not here because I'm not getting the blessings or yeah. I'm only supposed to get blessings because I'm following him. Yeah. No, he's, he's promised. Yeah. The other side. And yet there is, there's why do we then, I think then we, the danger is, is that we downplay and be like, well, yeah, we live in a fallen world. And so there's always going to be hardship and disasters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. But, but don't leave out on like the blessings that God has because he's a good God. And we don't, don't downplay the fact that he wants to pour out good things for us. Yeah. Um, That's been a big lesson for me in, in this one particular hardship that I have gone through of the Lord said to me pretty clearly, like, Lisa, you do not believe that I'm a good, good God. You think I'm just good enough. Hmm. And mm-hmm. my, my effort to avoid a prosperity gospel mm-hmm. and my desire to be humble in my suffering right. meant that I looked at what was happening and instead of saying, this is unhealthy and I need to move out of this, I looked at it with, well, you know, do you really think that you should have it all? Do you really think that this should be that awesome? Do you really think that God... Mm. You know, how are you, how come you're not just being grateful for what you do have? Everything doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like, and the problem is it's Satan from the beginning of the garden of Eden, like the half truths to it all. There was half truths yeah. to all of that. Oh, you're so right. There was the, yes, there is suffering. Yes. I should be grateful. Yes. I should um, be content, but there is also all was all this bad that was happening that dear people in my life were saying what are you doing Lisa and I was making excuses because I was making God small and Mm -hmm. did not think that he could give me a double portion or eternal joy right and and one person might be listening to double portion and they might be thinking of like you know ten dollars and a double portion therefore would be (laughs) twenty And that may seem extravagant to them. Another person might be thinking, well, I I need a double portion on my mortgage, which is $5,000 a month because of the extravagance of whatever. And, and I need $15,000 a month, which is more than double, but, but, you know, 10,000 a month. And so, uh, you know, context, Mm -hmm. but similar 
you know, issue in, are we telling God what that double portion should be? Are we defining that number? Right. Or are we willing to just go to him, seek him, say, this is where I'm at, change my heart, change my circumstances, Mm -hmm. show me your best and let me not compromise until that's what I'm living out. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Right. And, and we can do that because verse eight for I, I, the Lord love justice. I hate robbery and injustice. I will faithfully reward my people and make a permanent covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their posterity among the peoples. All who will see them will recognize that they are the people the Lord has blessed. We don't dictate that God does. Right. We don't have to, we don't have to do anything, but just be like, there's that word again. And then verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. I exult my, in my God for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and wrapped me in a robe of righteousness as a groom wears a turban, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth produces its growth, and as the garden enables what is sown to spring up, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. Wouldn't that be neat to say of us, mm-hmm. the way we've lived over a year? Yeah. Come back to this and be like, look what the Lord has done. And we just received his promises and, and committed to living them out every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, I, know. I don't think it's just because I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my translation in verse eight says, I will faithfully, faithfully reward my people for their suffering and mm. make an everlasting covenant with them. Mm. Um, and remember, I don't know if we've talked about covenant before, but the idea of covenant is another way to put it would be like relational integrity. Mm. That there is, you know, it is a, a bond of two people mm. um, making an agreement to be in relationship uh, over something. Right. Mm. And in, in the simplest form with us, with God, like it is just it's a relationship of, of friendship and and yeah. and connection, you know another for for a covenant in a more business sense you know it's a it's a partnership a relationship between two entities that are saying this is what i'm agreeing to and we are in you know connection Mm -hmm. together so with that idea of like with us with god i mean it's a it's a connection and an agreement to to be in a trusting um relationship and yet god is the one who's faithful and Mm. upholds every end of his bargain where we're the ones who slip away and come back and falter or Mm -hmm. make a misstep or you know we're constantly being the ones who are breaking that covenantal relationship yeah Yeah. and he never wavers he doesn't go anywhere the relational integrity on his part is so solid um Mm. And, and that's the beauty of his forgiveness and his grace is yeah. that it is constant for us who are making missteps. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it doesn't ever change. And he wants that. He, he's, he willingly enters into this agreement with us knowing that we are the ones who are weak and are going to fall away. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, so we've got a lot to learn this year about our covenant with God, right? What is our part? What is his part? How is that going to show up in us um, Mm -hmm. in such a way that 
he really does transform us from the inside out yeah in our, our mind our body our heart and soul uh, aligned with him so that we can love others better right i mean that's exactly the, i mean the whole point of this is understanding whose we are who we are so we can go be who he says we should be in this world uh, i just read it like him Right. I just read a quote this morning and I I'm, I'm, couldn't find it. I was looking for it a little bit earlier. Um, couldn't find it. So I'm going to have to paraphrase. But yeah, uh, he said, confidence is not walking into a room and thinking that you're better than everyone else. Confidence is walking into a room being so comfortable with who you are and understanding whose you are that you can be all that he has created you to be. Ah, that's beautiful. I don't know how they said it, but I like the way you said it. It was pretty close though, I think, but anyways, um, yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, so, so often I think we, again, misconstrue something as mm-hmm. like, well, confidence is not worrying about anything and, and just knowing that you're the best. Well, mm-hmm. it's not about being the best. It's about understanding and being so secure. And I mean, this is what you mm-hmm. talked about and outlined of why, what you want to study and why mm-hmm. we're doing this but being so secure in whose we are yeah. that nothing shakes us. And yeah. that when it does, we have that accountability partner. We, we know yeah. the word ourselves that we come right back to it and say, Oh, okay. Cut off track a little bit. Now I'm back on because, back right. Because we, we come back to what is true and we can shed the, yeah the faults and the lies faster each time. I think that's the goal, right? Like, I mean, yeah. cause I think sometimes again, it comes, I, I feel like, man, I'm falling short, I'm falling short. Well, the goal is to make those moments last, um, mm-hmm. less and less time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is so good. And we probably have to wrap up because people are like, okay, they're going on forever. <laughs> will you, Kaylee, will you close us in prayer? Yeah, I will. Okay, awesome. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this time together and thank you so much for uh, your word and for the promises that you give us and for the love that you show us. Um, we we misstep all the time and yet you are so faithful and you want us to live as, as daughters who know who we are because of the love that you show us. And you've called us to live uh, to a full life and so we just ask that you please be with us as we embark on this journey together in this new year that um, we would just understand that so much clearer this year and that we would we would be able to live out this principle of knowing that we are yours and that we can be secure in that we love you so much in your name we pray amen amen and thank you to everyone who's joined us here in the sisterhood watching this we hope and pray that you make the most of the resources if you are listening to this on the more to be podcast we are grateful for your uh, listening ear and your support of more to be we pray that you've had a fresh encounter with god his word with us that you will continue to listen you can find resources and support the sisterhood which actually supports the work of more to be at more to be.com Uh, And if you want to figure out what your next best step is, since we did talk about, are you here for uh, this time of healing or are you here here for this time of growth and and learning how to give um, out of the overflow, you can head over to moretobe.com slash align and take our quiz and that will help you know uh, what your next best step would be as you join us in this mission of thinking biblically, living transformed and becoming more like Jesus. See you again. See you next time.